We are packing our bags. We are going to conclude this series today, and I'm really, really excited about this message in particular. This whole idea of pack your bags was really about how do we prepare for what's next. That's kind of the, the, the theme of, of the whole series, is that we're all, we all step into transitions. Maybe you find yourself in a transition. Maybe you find yourself just stepping out of one, but we know that there's something else is coming on a horizon because we all have transitions. We all step in and out of them. But whatever transition we're about to step into, how do we discover what's next? So here's a, a few transitions that you might be stepping into or maybe you stepped out of. Maybe you're graduating high school or you're graduating college, whatever, whatever um, school you might find yourself in, but you're stepping into something new and it's exciting, it's nervous. Maybe it's your senior year and you're preparing for whatever that next might be. Maybe it's graduate school or maybe it's a new job, but th there's something, some kind of next having to do with, with schooling and graduation or college. M maybe you're preparing for a wedding. Ladies, I know a lot of you, you prepare your weddings way before you even meet the man you're going to marry. So my, my guess is, if that's your transition, maybe it's coming up in a, in a few months or a few weeks, but you, you're trying to prepare yourself for whatever is next having to do with the wedding. Maybe it's a baby. We have a few uh, families here that are about to have their first baby. They're just weeks away, just a, sh a few short days away from having their first baby. And what an incredible transition to step into to have your first child. It's incredible. It's exciting. It's nerve-wracking. There's some anxiousness and some fear even around it. Maybe it's another baby. And that like levels a whole new layer of stress and anxiety. Um, God bless you if that's where you're at. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe you're starting a new career. Maybe you moved to a new city and you're, you're starting something new. And, and there's, there's all this excitement, but there's all this kind of nervousness around this idea of what this new, what next, what this transition might be for you. Maybe it's empty nest. Maybe you have kids that are about to move out of the house and you're a little disappointed by that. What do I do without my kids here? Maybe you're really excited that your kids are moving out of the house and you'll finally get some alone time. Maybe empty nest is what's next. Maybe it's retirement. Maybe you're about to retire, and maybe it's not like it's like a year or a few months off. Maybe it's 10 years off, but that is the next big transition that's ahead of you. What am I going to do with my, my retirement? How am I going to prepare for whatever that might be that's coming next? As we talk about stepping from one transition into another, this morning we're, we're going we're gonna to focus on one verse in the Bible in particular, and I think it's an incredible verse. It's a verse I memorized as a kid that I kind of turned into a prayer because I believe that the power of, of this verse and praying it for your life will not only help you prepare for what's next, but will make you, like, help you overcome whatever that challenge might be, will help you get on the other side of what's next with a little bit of success and a little bit of, of hard work. But as we look forward to what's next, as we kind of look at all of these possible scenarios, and maybe that's not you, maybe it's something different, but as we look at these scenarios and whatever these transitions might be for us, sometimes we get this idea, whatever that next thing is, if we can kind of see it coming, maybe I'm prepared for it, right? Sometimes we see our transitions coming, sometimes we don't, but if you've seen it coming, there's a chance that you might be feeling inside, like just because I know it's coming, I'm ready for it, because I know I'm starting a new job. Or I know I'm starting, you know, I'm about to start a family and have a baby. Or I'm about to start a family and, and get married. Because I can see it coming, there's this idea that we all kind of have that maybe I'm ready for it. And, and that's all of us. There's no exception that we all have this, this ability to kind of think, well, I can see it, so I'm okay. But the truth is there's no correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what, what's next. There's no correlation between being able to see what's ahead of you and being ready for what's ahead of you. And a great example of this is when we get married. Right? We spend so much time, so much energy, so much money on preparing for our wedding. Right? We're meeting with caterers, we're meeting with, with facilities, we're meeting with, with people, we're buying flowers. Where There's all this time and energy spent around this, this incredible wedding. 
but almost no energy put into what comes after the wedding. You with me this morning? The, thank you. The marriage. We spend all this time and energy preparing for a wedding and no time and energy preparing for our marriage. I see it often in my field. People get married and they want us to be a part. And who doesn't want to be a part of a wedding? Of course I'm, I'll be a part. I'm so excited. But when we bring up like, hey, what about some pre-marriage counseling? Well, I don't have time for that. I'm preparing a wedding. I'm getting ready to get married. Yeah, but you're, you're investing all of this energy in the wedding and no energy into your marriage. Our hope is that your marriage lasts a little longer than your wedding. Right? Our hope is that, that, that perhaps the marriage would last a little bit longer than those few hours of the wedding day that you spent so much time and energy putting into. But we spend so much time trying to, to prepare for this one event that we lose what comes after it. Just because we can see what's ahead of us doesn't mean we're ready for it, doesn't mean we're prepared for it. Just because you can see your transition, just because you're about to have a baby, doesn't mean you're ready to have a baby. Just because you know the job you're stepping into, doesn't mean you have everything you need to step into it. There is no correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next. So today I want to teach you about this verse that I've been reading. It's a verse that I've, that I've memorized and a verse I'm teaching to my children, a prayer that I'm teaching to my children, because I think it has the power to prepare you for whatever next might be, whether you can see it coming or whether you can't. And the reason I think this prayer needs to be a part of our conversation and we need to focus on it this morning is because we've all seen very smart people make some very stupid mistakes, haven't we? Maybe, maybe that might even be you. <clears throat> maybe you would consider yourself the smart person, but we've all seen very smart people make some very stupid mistakes. They may be smart in, in business and, and creating businesses or earning money in, in a business, but when it comes to relationships, they just can't get their act together. And you kind of look from the outside, looking in like, like, didn't you see this coming? Like, didn't you see the, like, where this was leading? You're so smart. You have all this intelligence when it comes to business, when it comes to academics, when it comes to your career. But when it comes to relationships, like, like you're just not all that smart there. I know I'm that way. I may be smart in some areas of my life, but I'm not smart in every area of my life. And the interesting thing is, is this is true for all of us. This isn't a spiritual thing. It's not a Christian thing. This is like a human nature thing. We all have the ability to be really smart in some areas, but there are other areas we're not. And when we're not, when we're not ready for those things, sometimes we make some really stupid decisions. Sometimes smart people make stupid decisions. And because of that, we need to be ready for it. Didn't you see it coming? Didn't, didn't you see that if you kept doing this, it would lead here? Haven't you ever had a conversation with somebody about that? Like, <clears throat> you've had to sit down and talk, talk to them about this challenge in their life, and, and you just kind of wonder, but didn't you see it coming? Didn't anybody ever warn you? Like, didn't you see the signs? Didn't you know what was ahead? And more often than not, you'll talk to them, oh, I didn't see it. No one said anything. Sometimes they'll say, yeah, so-and-so told me, but, but I didn't think they were right, or, or I, I thought maybe I was the exception to the rule that even though they said that, that really wouldn't happen to me. Didn't you see it coming? So we're going to look at a verse. This is found in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. This was written by the wisest man considered in the scriptures, King Solomon. <clears throat> and this verse is, is incredible because Solomon takes this one circumstance and shows us two different people, how these two different people react to it, and the outcomes. You don't have to memorize this part, but it's really interesting. There are two different people, one similar circumstance, two different reactions, and two very different outcomes to it. And Solomon, he's, he's like the wisest man in the scripture. Right? Everyone considers him the wisest man to live. And when you look at his life, 
you kind of wonder when you look at the end, if you only learned what you said, like, like, like if you only applied what you were teaching us, your life would be completely different, Solomon. Even the wisest man alive made mistakes, and here's why. Because knowing doesn't make a difference. Solomon may have known, but knowing doesn't make the difference. Doing makes the difference. Doing, as a matter of fact, makes all the difference. If we don't do anything, what good is knowing it? It's like, like paint. You might buy paint, but if you don't apply it, what good is the paint? You've got to do something with it. So Solomon starts off this incredible verse. He says it this way. And we're going to go through kind of word by word and, and uh, explain it to you, and then we'll move on. The prudent. The prudent. And, and the prudent isn't a word we use often, but it kind of connects to or relates to wise people. This idea of being prudent it essentially means this, that prudent people or wise people, they see life as it all connecting and coming together. That life is kind of a series of dots and they just kind of all connect together, like connect the dots. They all connect together to paint a really pretty or maybe a really beautiful picture, but all of life is connected. The prudent people know that all of life connects together. Wise people can see that all these circumstances, what I've done, how I've lived, where I'm going, that it's all connected and it all works together. As a matter of fact, the prudent people, they kind of follow this saying, that the present will be my past and that my past will show up again in my future. The prudent people know <clears throat> that the past, or sorry, that the present becomes the past and it shows up again in our future. That what I'm doing now very momentarily is going to be my past, but one day it's going to come back. All of life is connected. All of life works together. These aren't like random experiences, random circumstances that just kind of don't mean anything and fade off. All of life is connected together. And Solomon starts off by talking about the prudent people, about the wise people, about people that know that all of life works together. These are the people that say things like, in light of my future hopes and dreams, right? In light of what I want to do, in light of where I want to be, in light of what I want to accomplish, in light of how I want my family to be in a few years, in light of what's out there, the future, here's what I'm going to do now. That somehow all of it's connected and I have decisions to make now that will affect where I get in the future. He says, the prudent see danger. <clears throat> and this is important. And if you've lost interest in the message because it's already too long for you, I need you to tune back in for a moment, listen to what I say, and then you can tune me out. <clears throat> they see danger. See, we as humans, and this again, this isn't a spiritual thing. This is a human nature thing. As humans, we have this incredible ability to only see what we want to see and only hear what we want to hear. We have this ability to, to, to believe something and then have all of the other information we see just kind of line up with that belief. We call that confirmation bias. You may have learned about that. If not, you're learning about it this morning. It's the ability to see something or to believe something, and then because you believe it, you only ever see things that kind of line up for it. H have you ever felt like, like this way? Like, I know when I bought my, my first Toyota Corolla, I'd never seen a, to a silver Toyota Corolla on the road, and then I bought it, and all I saw on the road were silver Toyota Corollas. It's like the information was already there, but I didn't see it until I believed, and until I, I believed in the Toyota Corolla. Then I saw them everywhere. We have the ability to do that as humans. We have the ability to, to believe something that may not be true, but because we believe it, we only ever see information that supports what we believe. We don't see what we don't want to see, and we don't see what we don't want to hear. It's called confirmation bias. And Solomon would say that the prudent see danger. The prudent have this ability to kind of move beyond or move around their confirmation bias, to see the things that they don't want to see to hear the things they don't want to hear. They may believe this way, but they have the ability to look beyond that and see the things that don't support that, that don't line up with that. They have the ability to hear the things that don't support that argument or that belief. They can see the danger coming. 
They can move past their confirmation bias. The prudent see danger. They can acknowledge what they desperately don't want to see. That's the difference between a prudent person and a wise person. That's the difference between somebody who just kind of lives their life like it's not connected and somebody who knows that it's all connected. These prudent people, the wise people, have the ability to not just see that life's connected, but to see the things that they don't want to see and hear the things they don't want to hear. They see, they hear, and then they respond accordingly. Solomon says the prudent see when they see the danger, they take refuge. They take refuge. And this word refuge really means it's like this old military term where the military would send a scout out and the scout would go and kind of observe and find where the danger is. And then they'd run back and they'd tell the army, they'd tell the general or the captain, and then the army would kind of get into a defensive position. Because that's what you do. That's how you respond accordingly when there's danger. You get into a defensive position and you prepare for battle or prepare for a fight. It also kind of connects to the idea that that there's a traveler. And in this generation, in this kind of culture and society, it was dangerous to travel from town to town to town. You never knew what was out there. But this idea that the prudent can see danger and take refuge, it's like the traveler would see the danger off in the distance, and instead of keep moving towards the danger, he would move up to the mountains. Or in other words, he would run for the hills. The traveler would see the danger and respond accordingly and run for the hills. They would take refuge. They wouldn't keep going and walking into that danger. They would see what's in front of them and they would respond accordingly. That the wise or the prudent people, the people that know that life is connected, they can see what they don't want to see and hear what they don't want to hear. And when they do, they respond accordingly. And then Solomon kind of gives us this juxtaposition. He says, but... And he's going to introduce this, this second group of people to the, the same circumstance, but a different group of people. He says, but the simple. And that's such an insult, isn't it? But the simple. Or the naive. Or in, in another translation, <clears throat> they actually translate this as the stupid. Now, I'll be nice. I don't want to hurt your feelings. So we're not, we won't call you stupid. But the simple or the naive the people that don't kind of live as if life is connected, they kind of live as, as if this is all just, just separate dots, separate circumstances, separate experiences. That yes, what I'm doing now, my present might become my past, but I won't see it again. It's not going to come around in my future. It's not going to affect me. It's my past. It's behind me. These are the kind of people that say, but it's all going to work out in the end. <clears throat> I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about what I'm doing. There are the people that said, but that's how I lived in that other relationship. That's what I did at my old job, but I'm in a new job. That's how I behaved in my old school, but now I'm in a new school. I'm in college now. It's going to be totally different. That's how I used to live. And now somehow it's just, it's all going to work out okay. Because I'm in this, this new circumstance, in this new transition, at this new place. The simple or the naive. And no one ever ascribes to this, do they? I mean, you never, have you ever heard anyone say, man, I wish I could just be simple for the rest of my life. I wish I could just be so naive that everyone would take advantage of me and, for, and convince me to buy things I don't need with money that I don't have. Like nobody ever ascribes to being the simple and the naive. But the truth is we all know people who are. We may even find ourselves being one of those people who just live as if life is not connected, as if life is just a series of random dots and random experiences. But the simple or the naive, and what's interesting here is is Solomon gives us this implication that the simple and the naive are facing the very same thing the prudent did. 
right? That, that, that they can almost see this danger. And he doesn't tell us this. It's an implication. So our thought is either they can see the danger and they don't know how to respond, or maybe they can't see the danger. Maybe, maybe they're like, their confirmation bias is so big that they, can, they can't really see it coming, right? They don't see what they need to see because they have a belief and everything they see just supports that belief. They, they have a belief and everything they hear supports what they, what they believe. It's that confirmation bias. Maybe they can't even see the danger ahead, but it's there. Or perhaps they can see it, but they don't do anything about it. You see, the danger doesn't change. And what's interesting is that's the, that's the one circumstance. The simple and the prudent both experience the danger. They both see the danger. The danger is still there, but for the simple and the naive, but it's, it's far off. It's down the road. I don't have to worry about that. Like things are okay right now. My circumstance is okay. That transition is just, it's far off. I don't have to do anything now to prepare for that. I don't have to worry about my grades now. I can do that when I'm a senior. I don't have to worry about how I behave at work or show up on time. I can do that like in a few years when I'm concerned about moving to a next job. I don't have to worry about how I treat my spouse now. I'll worry about that you know, when this other thing happens. It's okay right now. And life isn't connected after all. See, my guess is we've all had similar experiences where you try to talk to someone and you, and, and you kind of try to explain, hey, if you keep going this way, if you keep doing A, B is what's going to await you. If you keep walking this way, if you keep believing this way, if you keep doing this thing, if you keep saying, if you keep acting, if you keep doing, if you keep drinking, if you keep showing up, here's what's going to await you. This is going to happen. Have you ever had to sit down with somebody and kind of had that honest conversation? If you keep doing this, here's what's going to happen. More often than not, the simple and naive would say, yeah, but, but, but I, I don't believe that. I, I don't, that doesn't line up with what I believe. I don't have to worry about that. I mean, you're trying to get me to worry about tomorrow, and didn't Jesus say don't worry about tomorrow? So, so stop trying to get me to do something Jesus said not to do. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Today is okay. This set of circumstances is good right now. Why do I have to worry about a thing? The simple and the naive. Experience the same danger that the prudent experience. Solomon says, though, they keep going. Whereas the prudent and the wise, they see the danger and they take refuge. They run for the hills. They, 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 they get ready. They prepare. The simple see the danger and they keep going. That's ah, okay. I've got time. It's, it's, it's off there. I, I don't have to worry about. See, the, the, the hard thing in this, and, and this is hard at church because you come to church and you want to be encouraged and you want, you want us to make you feel good. This morning, I've got to be the bearer of bad news. Because this is, this is the, a true statement, and it's true for us, but sometimes we don't want to believe that it's true. That in every area of your life, whether it's relationally, academically, romantically, professionally, whatever it might be, in every area of your life, there is a point of no return. There, you can continue to do the same thing week in and week out and week in and week out. And you can get across the line where there, you've crossed the line or the point of no return. And it's not, not like the point of no forgiveness. That, that's a whole nother, nother subject. 
It's the point of no return. It's like, if I continue to spend money this way, if I continue to live this way, the inevitable, inevitable outcome is there. There is going to come a point where you can course correct, where you can see the danger, where you can take refuge, when you can run for the hills. But there is a point where you continue to live and you continue to move and you continue to keep going where you will pass the point of no return and you've stepped into the danger zone. I grew up in Pennsylvania in a city called Easton. It was right along the New Jersey border, and there's a highway called Route 22 that takes you uh, from New Jersey into Easton. When you pass the downtown exits, you come across this really dangerous curve. I mean, it's like a really dangerous curve. It's, it's a massive S-curve. It's, it's one of those curves that if you're not careful, you can like have a really serious, maybe even fatal accident. It's so bad that they've called the curve Dead Man's Curve because so many accidents happen on it. And the city has tried to prepare people for it by, by placing signs where the road is straight, where the road's kind of calm before you get to the curve that warn you, you know, you've seen these signs, dangerous curve ahead, dangerous road ahead. But you place these signs where the road is straight. You place these signs where there is no danger. You place these signs before you have to start slowing down so that when you see the signs, it's a warning. Oh, I should slow down. I should put on the brakes. Oh, there's a, there's a dangerous road ahead. There's a dangerous curve. I, I should start to decelerate now. You see, but, but sometimes for us, we miss the, 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 like the simple and the naive. We kind of miss the warning signs, the dangers there, but we get this idea of like, I don't have to slow down. Like, it's a straight road, right? We put the warning signs where it's straight and it's calm so that if, if you didn't know there was danger ahead, you would kind of wonder, why would I have to slow down now? Everything's fine. And then you get right up on the curve and it's like, uh-oh, it's too late. The prudent see danger. They say, uh-oh, and they take a course correct. They run for the hills. They take refuge. That simple and the naive, they see the danger and say, ah, oh, that's off. That's far off. And they keep going. And they keep going. And they run right into the danger. They pass the point of no return. The prudent see danger and they do something. The naive and the simple see danger and they keep going. And Solomon finishes the verse by saying, and they pay the penalty. The, the, the translation I memorized in when I was a kid says, the simple see danger, or the simple keep going and pay, or uh, suffer harm. The simple see danger and suffer harm. They keep going and they suffer harm. They keep going and they suffer a tragedy. And this isn't like divine judgment. This isn't God mad at you and I'm going to teach you a lesson. This is just cause and effect. This is like, there's a warning. God warned you, don't do this, and you keep going. It's cause and effect. It's because you saw the trouble and you didn't do anything about the trouble. You see, there are some situations in our life that if we leave them unattended, there are some situations in some areas of our life that if we leave them unattended, we're going to keep moving into that danger and we will pass the point of no return. It's like if you have four maxed out credit cards and two mortgages and a bunch of car payments. This isn't the time to live on a budget. That was back then. You've now passed the point of no return, and you've got to tame some extreme circumstances. It's like a 65-year-old who says, you know what, someday I'd like to retire. I should start saving for my retirement. Like, I've got bad news for you, but, but you've passed the point. Like, you're going to be working every day until you die. You should have been saving years ago. It's like getting pregnant. Like, that's not the time to assess the relationship. <laughs> right? Like, you're past the point of no return. It's like guys who aren't satisfied with their relationship and are just interested in what else might be out there. And then they have an affair and think, man, I should go get marriage counseling. Like you pass the point of no return. 
You should have done that when the warning signs were there. You should have done that when the relationship wasn't good. Not when you pass the point of no return. Because when you pass that point, you pay the penalty. You suffer harm. It's inevitable. A leads to B. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple keep going and suffer harm. Prudent people, this is real quick, prudent people, we evaluate relationships based on where they are headed. Prudent people know that every relationship leads somewhere, whether it's your spouse, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, a relationship with your children, somebody you work with, an employee or an employer. Every prudent person knows that a relationship is going somewhere and they ask the questions, where is it going? Do I want to go there? How should I respond to this? Naive people evaluate relationships based on where they stand currently. I'm not worried about the future. It's just, it's so nice right now. She loves me or he loves me. We're just having fun. And my guess is, if you're watching at home, this might be you, or maybe it's even someone sitting here, that maybe you're in a relationship that feels like a lot of fun right now, but there have been people that have warned you, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think you should keep doing this. I think this is taking you somewhere you don't want to go. And their response is, but I'm not worried because things are so good right now. And the prudent person who's speaking into your life is saying, but I'm not worried about right now. I'm worried about where it's going. And where it's going is not where you want to be. See, naive people are only concerned about here and now because to them, life isn't connected. The present will become my past, but I don't have to worry about it showing up in my future. The prudent person knows the present becomes the past, but always shows up again. Naive people evaluate relationships based on where they stand. How about this one? Prudent people, they view debt or financial debt as a path with a destination. A path with a destination. Debt is a path that leads you to some place. And more often than not, it's some place you don't want to go. Prudent people know that financial debt is a path that leads to a destination. Naive people, simple people, they view debt as like an event. It's just what I did today. I just took out another mortgage. I just maxed out another credit card. I just spent $1,000 on things I don't need to impress people I don't like. It's just, it's just what I do. Let's put it all together. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple keep going and pay the penalty. And everybody, every one of us have the ability to do this. Every one of us have the ability to have our confirmation bias blind us to what's in front of us. Only believe the things we want to believe. Only see the things we want to see. Only hear the things we want to hear which cause us to make a, a stupid decision and become a simple person that keeps moving straight for that danger. You see, one of the best ways you can prepare for what's next is to decide now. This is how I'm going to live. I'm going to live like a prudent person. I believe that all of life is connected. I believe that my past will become my present and it's going to show up in my future. I want to see what's ahead of me. I want to see the dangers that are out there. I don't want my confirmation bias to blind me. I want to see the things that I don't want to see. I want to hear the things I don't want to hear so that I can prepare for what's ahead of me. And if that's you, if you're that kind of person this morning that says, I don't want to be caught off guard. I don't want to be the simple. I don't want to be the naive. I don't want to walk like right into the danger. I want to be aware of what's in front of me. There's going to be four words that are going to describe your experience as you begin to take refuge. And here's the first one. It's action. You've got to do something. You've, you've got to like do something. I, I can't stress this enough. So, so often we just pray and we pray and we pray and we just expect God to do anything. But I would say that if God showed you the danger, he's done all he's going to do, and now you need to do something. He's done his part. 
He showed you the danger. He brought someone into your life to warn you. He gave you a warning sign. Somebody came over and said something. You read something. You listened to a message. Somebody warned you, and now you've got to do something. You've got to take action. Here's the next word. You're going to have to sacrifice. Because as you begin to live like a prudent person, if you begin to live like a wise person, the people around you aren't going to understand. And you may have to sacrifice financially. You may have to sacrifice relationally. They're going to look and question and may even pull back. You may have to sacrifice from that relationship. You will have to sacrifice. And the third thing is this, you're going to have some embarrassment. Because what you're doing to a simple or a naive person seems completely ridiculous. But it's fine right here. He's such a good guy. She's gorgeous. Why wouldn't you go out with her? It's, it's so much fun right here. But the prudent and the, and the wise person isn't concerned about here. It's concerned about where here takes them. So it's going to seem foolish. You may suffer some embarrassment. But here's the best part, is that it ultimately leads to relief. Because anybody who takes refuge never regrets it. Anybody who runs for the hills to avoid danger never regrets it. Anybody who heard or saw or believed that something ahead of them might not be good and took a course correction to avoid it never ever regrets taking that refuge. Relief is what's ahead of them. You see, when you see trouble coming, don't ignore it. Do something about it. Don't be the simple and the naive that say, well, that's a far, long way off. Do something now. Here's the prayer. I'm going to teach you the prayer. And, and this is, this is a, a, like a wee version of the prayer. It's something you can pray if you're in a relationship with kids or your, your, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But I'll teach you the you version if you're not in a relationship. It's just a pronoun change. The grammar isn't great, but I never claim to be an English expert. <clears throat> but the prayer is deeply meaningful. And here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, help us see trouble coming long before it gets here. And then give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Heavenly Father, help me see trouble coming long before it gets here. Help me to see the, the, the bump in the road. Help me to see this trouble in this relationship. Help me to see the financial situation that's going to be a disaster. Help me to see that, that, that this health situation might take advantage of me. Help me to see this next transition that I'm not prepared for. Help me to see the danger that's ahead of me. Help me to see it long before it gets here so that I can prepare. And once you show it to me, God, give me the wisdom to know what to do. And for some of you, that might mean you need to break up. It might mean you need to change your phone number. It might mean you need to cut up some cards or quit that job or not take that job or get a new roommate or, or find someone else to spend your time with or don't buy that thing. Find a different way to save money. Begin to work harder to save to pay down the debt you're in. Some of you might need to do something you're not that comfortable with, which is why we conclude with then give me the courage to do it. Because doing the right thing isn't always easy but it's always better. Help, Heavenly Father, help me to see the danger coming long before it gets here. Give me the wisdom to know what to do and give me the courage to do it. That's your personal prayer. That's the prudent prayer. That's the prayer of the wise person that says, God, I believe all of life is connected. I believe my past will be my present and will show up again. And I don't want to repeat the same mistakes. I want to learn from my mistakes. I want to learn from other people's mistakes. I don't want to get tripped up. I don't want to head into that curve unprepared. I don't want to have a disaster on my hands. Help me see the danger coming long before it gets here. And then help me to respond 
accordingly. You see, now is the time to do it. Now is the time to take refuge. Now is the time to decide to do something different. Now, because now is always better than later. And now makes later better. Respond now. Begin to look at your life now. As we're talking, is there anything in your life? Is there anything that as we've been talking, you're just uncomfortable with? Because you would say, if if I pray this prayer, then I have to face some truths that I don't want to face. If I pray this prayer, Jim, there's going to be some things that I've been avoiding or ignoring or trying not to look at that are now going to come front and and center. Jim, I don't know that I want to pray this prayer because it means, you know, the job was good and the salary is good and the benefits are good. But but that that thing that I'm not settled with, that that cultural thing or just the way people are are responding there, I've got to now look at that and deal with it. And I don't know that I want to do that. Are there any red flags in your life? what has to do with your relationships, what has to do with your schooling, with with any arena, as we're talking, are there any red flags that kind of pop up that you think, man, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. They warned me about that. I didn't feel right about that thing over there. Are there any red flags that you've been avoiding that are coming to the surface? Heavenly Father, help me see trouble coming long before it gets here and help me to respond accordingly. Help me to see trouble coming. Give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. And for some of you, that's going to be really hard. But I believe with all my heart that if you're willing to do this, if you're willing to pray this prayer, this is a prayer that God always answers. This is a prayer that God wants to answer. As a matter of fact, this is a prayer, a prayer just like this, is the prayer I prayed when we were in that transition, stepping out of where we were before we started this church. This is the prayer that led us into a small group of people where we decided to plant a church, a church just like this. And it was hard. It was really hard. I had to have courage to step out. There was a sacrifice. There was embarrassment. I didn't understand. But on this side of it, I am so happy, and I would do it a thousand times over to get to where I am today to see the danger coming, to ask for wisdom to respond and then the courage to do it. God answers that prayer. And if you pray it, he'll give you the answer. Some of you may not want to hear it, but the answer will be there and then it's up to you to do something about it. Heavenly Father, help me see trouble coming long before it gets here. Then give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Heavenly Father, help me see the danger in that relationship. Let me see the danger at that job. Let me see the danger in this next transition. Give me the wisdom and the courage to respond accordingly. Let me pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, on behalf of all of us, Lord, I I pray that you would help us to see the danger in whatever is before us, God, and whatever transition is is ahead of us, whatever we might be stepping into, God, whether we can see it or we don't see it, God, open our eyes and our ears even now to see the danger coming. Let us be like that prudent person that lives as if all of life is connected and that we want to make the wisest decision possible. God, then give us the wisdom to know what to do. And give us the courage to follow through and do it, God. Even when it's challenging, even when it's tough, give us the courage to make the right decision. 
I pray for every person here, God, whatever transition we find ourselves in, stepping out of one, stepping into one, preparing for years ahead, wherever that is, God, I pray that this would prayer, prayer would become a part of our life to prepare us for what's ahead, that we would never be caught off guard, that we would never suffer avoidable harm, God, because we are prepared. We're looking for the things we don't want to see. We're listening for the things we don't want to hear so that we can see the danger and respond accordingly. I give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.